G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. I'm so proud of all of you coming out on this snowy day in our nation's capital to speak for those who have no voice. And this is personal to me because I was not planned. Thankfully, my mother carried me to term. Today on A New Beginning, a special program where Pastor Greg Laurie takes a stand for the unborn. Abortion is never the right choice because you're taking the life of an unborn child made in the image of God. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins For every 1,000 live births in the US, there are 195 abortions Nearly 20%. Just think about that. Since 1973, more than 63 million unborn children never got the chance to live their lives. That's nearly two and a half times the current population of Australia. Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie addresses that heartbreaking reality and the need to take a stand. Pastor Greg, you recently took a trip to Washington, D.C., along with your wife, Can you describe that occasion for us? Yes, we went to the March for Life event in Washington, D.C. There were probably 100,000 people gathered outside as it was snowing. Hmm. And uh, the snow was actually coming sideways. Hmm. But it was such a beautiful event. Not only did my wife and I go, but we took our daughter-in-law, Brittany, and three of our granddaughters, Riley, Lucy, and Allie, because we wanted them to march for life. So the March for Life is an event that is there to say we care about the unborn. And I wanted to bring words of encouragement to the folks that were there on that cold, wintry day. But I also wanted to bring the gospel to them because many of these folks that march are believers, but some are out there marching for the unborn. They're marching for life, but maybe they don't know about eternal life. So here now are the remarks I gave, the things I said on the Washington Mall for the March for Life event of 2024. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here with you. This is my wife, Kathy. This year, we're celebrating 50 years of marriage, so we're very thankful. (laughs) I'm so proud of all of you coming out on this very cold, snowy day in our nation's capital to speak for those who have no voice. And this is personal to me because my mother was a beautiful woman. Otherwise, why would I be so handsome? And that was not a joke, by the way. That offended me when you laughed. No, I'm kidding. It was a joke. So my mother was married and divorced seven times. And she had a fling with some guy in Long Beach. And I was conceived. I was not planned. Thankfully, my mother carried me to term. And I was born. But it sent me on a search very early in life. And I was wondering, what is the meaning of my life? 
You know, why do I have this big hole inside? I never had a father growing up. And one day on my high school campus, I came across a group of people that we called the Jesus freaks. That was not meant as a compliment. But they interested me. Why would these people have a smile on their face? Why would they have a spring in their step? Why would they have this joy in their life? I had experimented with drugs and drinking and other things. And I thought they seemed to have something. And a young man got up and spoke and he gave the message of the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel means good news. It's a simple message that we're all separated from God by our sin. But God loved us so much that 2,000 years ago, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin. And then he rose again from the dead. And if we will turn from our sin and invite Christ into our life, we can know with certainty that we have eternal life. Right? And I know, I know that many of you here are people of faith. I've seen your signs coming in. I've seen you praying. But I wanted to just pray with you for a moment, just in case there's someone with an earshot, someone here that is not certain that if this were their last day on earth that they would go to heaven. Because we don't just care about being born. That's very important to us. But we want you, as Jesus said, to be born again and have eternal life. And if you're not sure if your sin is forgiven, if you're not sure if Christ is living in your heart, if you're not sure that you'll go to heaven when you die, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. A prayer very similar to the prayer I prayed 51 years ago. And that's when my life changed. And I'm gonna ask you, if you want Christ to come into your life, to pray this prayer out loud after me. In fact, to support those that are praying it for the first time, why don't we all pray this prayer together? It's a prayer of asking Jesus to come into our lives and be our Savior and Lord. Let's pray. Pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Let me pray for you now. Lord, thank you for every man and woman, every boy and girl here today. Many came from a great distance to our nation's capital to speak up for the unborn. We pray for our nation. We pray for young women who find themselves pregnant that they would carry these babies to term and raise them up or put them up for adoption. We pray that we as believers, the church, would be there to support these mothers. We pray that you would raise up godly people in our government, in the Congress, in the Senate, in the White House, as well as local government officials who would stand for the unborn. You tell us in your word when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Lord, we pray for a great spiritual awakening to sweep the United States of America. We need another revival. And now as we prepare to march for the unborn, bless us. And we remember the prayer that Jesus gave us 2,000 years ago. And we pray it together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you. It's a special edition of A New Beginning today. We've been talking about Pastor Greg's visit to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life event. But we want to take a listen to a social media post Pastor Greg recently read to his home congregation that fits with what we're talking about today. Listen to this. I got a tweet that I was copied on uh, from a young lady whose name was Crystal Holder. Greg, it was your voice speaking God's word and I listened to every morning on the radio as I drove to my job where I was the manager of Planned Parenthood in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Your delivering God's word is what gave me the courage to walk away. See? So I had to know the rest of this story. So we contacted Crystal. And uh, so she said to us, when I started listening to A New Beginning, I came to know Jesus and truly understand the magnitude of God's love. I've learned more from your program than all my years in church. I listened to Greg every day that I was at Planned Parenthood. I worked there for almost a year and a certain sermon uh, he gave scared me. And it hit me like it never hit before. Listen to this. One day while I was counting the pieces of a dismembered baby, I thought about Greg's sermon, if Jesus came back right then and there, would he leave me behind? So Crystal repented, she left that job. Now she's working to save the lives of unborn babies. See what God can do? Maybe there's someone listening to me right now who's had an abortion or has helped in some way, like Crystal was, really. Or maybe you're a guy that encouraged a woman to have an abortion. You say, well, that, I, I'm, that's it for me. No, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You ask God to forgive you of that or any other sin, and He'll do it. No condemnation. If you're in Christ Jesus, that's the key. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. Listen, God sees you for who you are in Christ, not what you were in sin. God does not see you in your sin. He sees you in His Son. S-O-N. Yeah, you've messed up. I've messed up. He doesn't see us that way. He says, oh no, that's my child now. That's the one that has been forgiven by me. This is the one I'm not condemning any longer. God can change everything in your story if you'll let him. An important moment from one of Pastor Greg's recent messages. And to expand on what he just said, let's take you now to one of the recent Harvest Crusades where Pastor Greg talked about sin and regret and forgiveness. It's such good insight. I want to tell you a story about a girl that messed up big time. She got caught having sex with some guy and everything just blew up. And that's happening to so many men and women today with sex hookup apps like Tinder and Pure. All you gotta do is swipe right and get yourself into all kinds of trouble. And then a girl finds herself pregnant. And the first thing she might even consider or someone else might encourage her to do is go get an abortion. Abortion is never the right choice because you're taking the life of an unborn child made in the image of God. 
I read a quote recently from Steve Jobs, of course, the founder of Apple. He was put up for adoption because his mother got pregnant and didn't want to uh, raise him, so she put him up for adoption and the family took him in and raised him. And Jobs said, quote, I wanted to meet my biological mother to thank her because I'm glad I didn't end up as an abortion. Yeah, that's, that's true. You know, it's important to know. They say, well, no, Greg, you're wrong about this. Actually, li life begins at birth. No, it doesn't. Life begins at conception. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm 139, I'm like an open book. You watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread up before you. The days of my life are all prepared. But this is the story of a woman who made the wrong choice. And she ended up being caught by a bunch of religious people and brought and thrown at the feet of Jesus. You know, I don't know, girls, some of you may think that some guy's gonna come and meet your deepest needs. You're putting all your hope in a relationship with a man. Some of you guys think a girl's gonna meet your deepest needs. Look, there's a place for relationships. I'm so thankful to be married to a wonderful woman like Kathy all these years, but there's a hole deep inside of you that a man can't fill and a woman can't fill. Only God can fill it. And it's a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. How many of you have heard of Marilyn Monroe? You know, she died a long time ago, but she's become an American icon. Uh, she was called in her day the blonde bombshell. Marilyn was conceived out of wedlock. She spent the rest of her life searching for a father. She was involved with a succession of men. And in the end, all those men let her down. And she ultimately died of a drug overdose in 1962. The author of this book concludes, quote, she put all her hopes in the men she was with. It's what she was looking for. She was looking for a father. She was looking for a savior. And he says she was a lady born into turmoil and she spent the rest of her life looking to be saved, end quote. Well, she never was, tragically, that we know of. But the story before us in the Bible is a story of a woman who made bad moral choices, but she was saved by Jesus Christ. And you can be saved by him tonight and forgiven by him regardless of what sins you've committed, if you're a man or a woman. It's right here in John chapter eight. Let me read to you from the Bible. If you brought a Bible, you can read along. I'm in verse three. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery and the law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. I love this part. Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer and he stood up and said, all right, stoner, let the first one among you who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Woman, where are your accusers? You know, it's really interesting. He, he said, woman. You could miss this very easily in the original language, the Greek. This is a term of respect. Be like saying ma'am or lady. Now this girl had been called a lot of things and I guarantee she was never called this before. Woman, lady, ma'am, with respect. By the way, it's the same term that Jesus used 
of his mother when he hung on the cross when he said, woman, behold your son. A term of great respect. Woman, lady, ma'am, where are your accusers? She says, well, Lord, there are none. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. <laughs> Forgiven and free. Say, but wait, Greg, she got caught in the act of adultery. How could he forgive her? She hadn't even turned from her sin. Well, actually, he knew that in just a short time he was gonna go on the cross and die for every sin this woman had ever committed. But here's what happened. When she watched Jesus forgive her when the religious leaders condemned her, she believed right there on the spot. Again, he says, ma'am, lady, where are your accusers? She says, I have none, Lord. That's when she believed. How long does it take to become a Christian? Does it take years? Does it take months? Does it take days? Does it take hours? Listen, it can happen in an instant. You can come in here as a non-believer and can leave here as a believer. You can come in here on your way to hell and leave here on your way to heaven if you'll believe in Jesus Christ tonight. Pastor Greg Laurie from a recent Harvest Crusade. He was talking about how we can come to the Lord to have our sins forgiven and our eternal life secured. Thousands of people responded to that invitation that night at the Harvest Crusade. And you can do the very same thing right now with a simple prayer. They can, and it's so simple. And I think because it's so simple, people think, oh, it can't be that easy. Well, look, Jesus did all the heavy lifting. He carried the cross for you. He died on that cross that he carried. This isn't about what you do. It's about what he's done. But here's what the Bible says. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's just say that you're caught in a riptide out in the ocean and you need help and there's a lifeguard at the stand and they see you. You've got to call out to them and let them know you need saving. And the same is true when it comes to eternal life. Jesus is ready to save you. Will you call out to him? You say, well, okay, how do I do that? You do it through prayer. And prayer is just talking to God. So listen, I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. And if you pray this prayer after me, I believe God will hear it and answer it, and Christ will come to live inside of you. Thousands of people have prayed a prayer like this over the years that we've been doing this radio broadcast and have seen their life change. There's no power or magic in a prayer. It's all about your commitment to Christ. But this is a way to call on the name of the Lord in this prayer. So if you want Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, if you want to know that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you want to fill that big hole in your heart, pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin. I am sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Be my Savior and my Lord. Be my God and my friend. Thanks for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that God has heard you and has answered it. 
The Bible says, These things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may know it's yours now. God has given it to you because it's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Yeah, and we want to help you get started in this new relationship with the Lord. We'd like to send you some helpful resource materials to help you get started in your new journey. It's called a New Believer's Growth Pack. Just ask for one when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Well, next time, Pastor Greg launches a brand new series called Faith 101, a crash course on the Christian life. He says when we find ourselves falling back into sin, we've lost sight of the basics. Some corrective help is coming. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Precious in His Sight. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 